time now for us to have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. And today we are talking about the justice system. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, let's start with this very interesting statement posted by the Assistant Deputy Attorney General. This doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen very often. The usual policy of the Attorney General's ministry, and especially of the Prosecution Service, which is independent, is, uh, you know, let things, let circumstances and events and things speak for themselves. Uh, This statement is unusual. It didn't get a lot of attention, Simi, because it was posted on September the 8th, which is the day Her Majesty died, so it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, Our colleague Rob Shaw asked the Attorney General's ministry if they would make the official who wrote it, or whose name is on it, available for an interview, and they said, no, he's decided to let it speak for itself. So here it goes. It's six pages, and it is framed as a reply, Simi, by the head of the prosecution service to the politicians, members of the public, and media outlets that have been focusing on the problem of prolific offenders and on random acts of violence uh, in our downtown areas. So, as you know, there's been a lot of coverage because there have been a lot of episodes. The opposition's made a big deal of it. But what does the prosecution say? Prosecution Service says two main points. Um, This coverage, this focus, Simi, is giving the public the wrong impression. about crime rates, and it has the risk of undermining confidence in the justice system. So Peter Juck, who is the official who wrote this statement and posted it, says the system is not broken. Crime rates are lower in British Columbia than they've been in years. And he basically, if you read it, he says the public should be told the real facts, not the ones we're focusing on. Okay, so it seems unprecedented. It's almost like a a, a defense. Aren't they supposed to be unbiased, though? These are civil servants. You know, the thing that's really interesting about this, and this guy's a senior public servant, independent, you know, all those those things, and and well-qualified for his job. The other thing that's very unusual about this, Simi, is the language he uses. So, So he says, he attacks in fairly strong language the phrase that has entered discussion around problems with bail. Uh, uh, You know, the problem is that people get arrested for acts of violence. They appear in court. They are released without bail, and they reoffend. So that's the narrative, and we've all covered it. The phrase that's been picked up, Simi, is catch and release. And we know who uses it. The liberals, the opposition liberals, and some mayors and some coverage has repeatedly referred to this policy as catch and release. Well, this statement from the prosecution service says that phrase itself uh, is misleading. It overlooks the reason why we don't have much in the way of pretrial detention in B.C., And basically, the statement says we ought to inform the public that it happens because pre-trial detention is unfair. It it disadvantages, disproportionately affects uh, disadvantaged groups, indigenous people, uh, people of little means. 
And the second thing is it's guided not by politics. It's guided by uh, changes in federal law, which discourage pretrial detention, and rulings of the Supreme Court of Canada. So all that is documented in the statement. But the thing I find unusual about this is uh, Peter Juck, the guy who wrote the statement, doesn't name the B.C. liberals, but we all know. I mean, you can go into the Hansard Index, and what you find is the liberals have repeatedly made this charge in the legislature of catch and release. The phrase has entered discussion around this area. And so even though it's not framed as an attack on the opposition, obviously it wouldn't be, in just reading it, you go, well, this is a reply to what the liberals have been saying, mm-hmm. which is we have a system of catch and release. Does he, does the statement acknowledge at all that there is some rising violence in downtown cores? Uh, you know, and that's not just our problem in BC, that seems to be everywhere. And that that's, people are frustrated by that. They're scared by that. Yeah. I, I, I would say only in passing. I mean, yes, the statement, it runs six pages. It acknowledges in passing there is a problem of uh, random attacks and that's deplorable and it ought to be punished and everything but that's not that's not the overall theme of the piece the uh, the overall theme of the statement is to set the record straight and suggest that all this coverage and all this political discourse is exaggerated and overplayed and and the context for this statement so it comes out on September the 8th um is that David Eby, when he was Attorney General, acknowledged there was a problem and ordered a review of what can be done about the problem of prolific offenders and about random acts of violence. So the Attorney General, who was Attorney General when he did it, ordered this review. That report is overdue. It was due to be released to the public on September the 2nd. It still hasn't been released. Premier John Horgan said at the UBCM on Friday that it is coming this week, so hope so. And I guess what you could say, and I mean it isn't it isn't written that way, but you could say that this is the prosecution services brief to that review. So the system itself is saying here's what we think the situation is, and we'll see when the report comes out whether it acknowledges um, you know, whether it, ta- it it agrees with the theme of this statement from the prosecution service, which I would sort of summarize it as no story here, and whether or not it will come forward with remedies. EB certainly suggested to us there needed to be remedies. Remedies would be coming, and he said something else, Simi. He said he wanted this report out so that mayors and councillors running for re-election in October would have something to point to as evidence that the province was going to deal with the problem. You know what I find interesting about this, because we've been talking about it, I feel like, for, well, since the pandemic started, right? There was that feeling that things had changed. And there's a difference between stats and how people feel. And quite often, it takes time for statistics to catch up to what people are seeing and feeling. And I feel like this doesn't acknowledge how people actually are feeling about the situation. You know, Simi, I think that's a very good point about this thing. And... You know, I, I, in general, do not criticize senior public servants. I think politicians are accountable for the system, and, and senior public servants do their jobs, and I think that's the way it should be. But in this case, I would say that David Eby himself 
ordered this review because right. he recognized there was a political problem. People are afraid to go into downtown, and you can't persuade them it's safe by quoting statistics exactly. to them. And you can't persuade them it's safe by giving a long rigmarole about how the law has changed and, and how the Supreme Court of Canada has intervened. People want it dealt with. They want change. And E.B. specifically asked this review I want suggestions for what to do about this. What can we change to do about this? And just saying the stats don't back up the concern, to me, misses the point, which is this is a, a subject of great public alarm. You know, we heard it at the UBCM last week. One of the things that local mayors and councillors were saying was their, their own communities are worried. This problem has spread beyond the downtown east side in Vancouver. It spread to towns all over British Columbia. And those mayors and councillors are running for re-election. They want to be able to assure their electorate this is going to be dealt with. And they don't want to say, hey, folks, the stats don't back you up. There's no problem here. The system is not broken. It looks broken to a lot of people. It sure does. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Thanks, Amy.